Do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. The Weird Mountain Gals. I would think of as good Christian qualities, something to aspire to. Well, I believe that too, but I am, I'm not owning any other of those three <laughs> adjectives, any of those descriptors. You know what you are? What? Maybe even, you don't, might not even realize it, but you are tolerant. Oh no, I am not tolerant. Uh, tolerance assumes that I have the superior position, and whatever your position is, I'm going to let you have. I feel like that. Tolerance feels like something that people allow you to have. I'm just going to be tolerant of you. There's got to be a better word for it than that. Well, all right. Well, of letting you express exactly how well, your religious sentiment is. But, I mean, what I mean is that you don't judge other people. Oh, I judge people all the time. All right, like, let me try this again. It's like, why did you do that? Are you an idiot? And I say that, oh, probably 50, 60 times a day. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay, you're not tolerant. <laughs> I, I don't believe in using that word. To, there's oh. got to be a better word. Well, than tolerate. tolerate. You tolerate. Well, but that says that I am working from a position of uh, authority or power over somebody. So I can tolerate their behavior. I can tolerate. Well, now I can give you an example of you being tolerant. Would you like me to do that? Uh, sure. Okay. There was the time that, would you agree, first of all, that you own this property? Yes, ma'am, I do. And would you agree that uh, that gives you the right to allow certain people on the property and disallow others? Yes, if I'm I'm here when that happens. <laughs> you're here. Right, and if you're not, then I'm going to, on your behalf, but whatever. Um, so, okay, put your mind back to a warm spring afternoon and you and I were sitting on the porch when it happened. I'm not talking about the time when the deer walked by us. Oh, that, I'm, I'm that talking about time, the two young Mormon boys that pulled up I know. in I the swear, car. Wasn't that hilarious? Because we saw them from a distance and it just says everything about this neighborhood. Some people pulled up across the street from the house and two young fellas got out in white shirts with ties, and, and they were wearing dark pants, and they went up the road. And it was 90 degrees. Oh, it was so hot. And we just looked at each other and went, Mormons. Mormons. It's Mormons. So we got ready for them. That's right. We did. And not only, I mean, you tolerated their presence on your well, property. You welcomed them. That's, we, that's exactly. hospitable. We did more than tolerate them. We offered them hospitality. And cold water yes, and a sea. Exactly. And hospitality, I believe, is the basis of every religion. Hospitality. Yeah. So now, if you can't do that, then you need to just back on. So y'all picture this. Byron and I see this and two middle aged witches <laughs> watching the Mormons go off the road. The irony of it was just 
it just struck us and we were just giggling and we were like, oh, cool, we're going to get these two Mormon boys on the porch and we're just going to really just have some fun here. And did we put the chairs out before they got here? We had the chairs wet. We were wet. We were in the big rocking chairs. That's right. We had the and cold we, water ready. And we had cold water right? ready. And we were getting we were ready, ready to just, yeah, we did. And when they got up to the porch, we invited them up. We invited them to sit down. And you know what? They were just so sweet and nice and sincere. They were, and they were young. They were just shiny and sweet. And so and we talked their damn ears off. And we, what we didn't do, no, we let them talk a lot. Well, and we talked a lot. Yeah. And what we didn't do is we didn't scare them. No. We didn't give them a hard time. No. We didn't give them any crap at all, really. We probably were the nicest folks they talked to that day. And I find that ironic, too. Yeah. You know, and, and we didn't mean to scare them away. I mean, that well, was really I, Gomez, would yeah, you say? Yeah. <laughs> our, our yard man can be quite uh, a scary individual with his long beard and his sunglasses. He looks a little bit like a refugee from ZZ Top. He does, except he's yeah. got the big muscles. You yeah, know. yeah. And so he, uh, I guess he was in the house waiting or in the cottage waiting to make sure that we were safe from the little Mormon boys, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point he came out and he kind of went around the back end of the house and he walked right behind the little Mormon boys who were sincerely talking to us. Yes. And he just stood there behind him. He quietly did this. And he had his his big muscly arms and his black T-shirt. And they were folded over his chest like he was, you know, some bodyguard <laughs> or something. He had a, had a disco door or something. Obviously. And, and uh, two women less needful of a bodyguard. I can't imagine. <laughs> well, with them two little youngins. Bless I their know. hearts. I know. And at one point... That one little Mormon boy, he he kind of saw Gomez out of his peripheral vision, but he was speaking and he couldn't politely just jerk his head around, you know. So he didn't. He kept looking at us and speaking. And right about that time, Gomez just quietly walked away. Yeah. And so when he looked back, nobody was there. And soon after that, they started getting a little creeped out, and they left, didn't they? Yeah, but we didn't make them leave. We just were there to talk to them. We kept offering them more water if they wanted more water to drink. Come in and look at this oven, you yeah. know. <laughs> but we had a good time, and we didn't try to intimidate them. You know, and that's that's the thing. When you're confident about yourself and your abilities and your spiritual stuff, you don't have to feel like you got to uh-uh. argue with people uh-uh. all the time. Right. Which is the difference between the way I practice and the way you practice and the way many mm-hmm. Christians practice. That's exactly true. Because we believe in coexistence. Mm-hmm. And you you walk your walk and walk your talk is what I prefer people to do. Yep. If they're going to preach it, I want them to live it too. Yeah. So at and least we weren't deliberately mean. 
no, we weren't mean, yeah. and I can't imagine us being mean to I anybody that, that wasn't mean first. Right, right. So we, I can imagine us out meaning just about anybody. Well, I thought we were at one point. I thought we were going to mess with them a little bit, and then we just didn't. And we so, didn't. Yeah. We just were sweet, and they were sweet, and it was just fine. But what we did laugh about is we wondered if they would get down the street and get up on somebody's porch, and they say, "Oh my gosh, you weren't up at that house, were you?" With the witches, <laughs> with the witches, and yeah. then they'd get pale and wan, and they'd have to go. <laughs> Car and fan themselves. I don't think so, unless we're on like some <laughs> some do not visit list. <laughs> oh gosh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. We're on the do not visit. The do not. List. Hey, that'd be a good way to do it. So, but my point was, yes, you was about tolerance. <laughs> I was not tolerant. I was accepting of their difference, and I guess that doesn't feel like it makes any difference, but. Tolerance to me implies that I have the right answer and I'm just going to abide with you having the wrong answer. I get that. All yeah. right. I see what you mean. But I'd rather think of it, you know, we we coexist in different places and I don't have any more rights to tell you what to believe than you do me. But I mean, we live on the, I think of it as the buckle of the Bible Belt. Now that might be farther south or it might be in Tennessee, to be honest, but yeah, we're in the Bible Belt where yeah, you will have are. many opportunities to have somebody right in your face uh, giving you the so-called good news, like you've never heard of Jesus, like you don't know more about Jesus than they do because you were raised in a culture that shoves it down your throat. But you got to know at that point it's no longer about you. It's it's in it's their right. mind. It's, it's about the them doing what they're told. It's to. the Great Commission, and it's the hardest thing doing any kind of interfaith work with evangelical Christians because they are bound by the Great Commission mm -hmm. to teach the gospel to every nation. To spread it. And it doesn't matter if I say to them, look, I know the gospel. I, let We can talk about apologetics. You know, you were talking about Catholic apologetics. We can do apologetics if you want to. I don't need to hear the basic good news because I live in a culture that is saturated with that. We, we live in a culture that is that is culturally Christian. And if you are not that, if the, your default setting is not Christianity, you still know everything you need to know about it because we are inundated with Christianity all At the time. every turn. Yeah. And it's especially strong in the South, mm -hmm. and it's especially strong, you know, along the Bible Belt, which is where we are. Your Christianity is assumed. Yes, well, I tell people all the time, when I was growing up here, you didn't ask anybody about their religion in West by God, Buncombe County, because their cho your choice was they were either a Baptist, Baptist or, or a Methodist. Methodist. So what was there really to talk about? And if you lived in town, you could have been a Presbyterian or you could have been an Episcopalian. A Lutheran. You might have been a Lutheran and, and going down in descending order of size of the population, Catholic or Jewish or any of that. But where I grew up, it was Church of God, Baptist, or Methodist. Mm -hmm. And so what was there to talk about? Nothing. What were the different? I don't know. I it, don't know. Governance. Yeah. The yeah. difference is the governance government. is how the yeah, how the, the religious bodies govern. Although and how the pastors are chosen. And the services were different. Yeah. But not much. Different, but not so different that if you were a Methodist you went to a Baptist church, you would know what was going on. It might not be the sequence that you were used to, uh, but you would, yeah, you'd understand it. You know, I was at a Baptist funeral not too long ago, and uh, I knew how to behave. I behaved just fine. I sang a little too loud because 
I got to sing some of my favorite songs, but that's all right. I was laughing when you were saying that because you texted me. You said you had you were dressed in black from head to toe. Well, it was a funeral. I wear black to funerals. You had the red lipstick on. Everything yeah. else was black. Big old sun, black sunglasses. And you walked up the wide, white steps. Uh-huh. And you were instantly at ease, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, death is just not... It's just not, and and going into a Baptist church or a Methodist church, it, it just doesn't scare me because I because I know the routine. There is a wonderful interfaith book that I would suggest to anybody called How to Be a Perfect Stranger, and what it does is outline different spiritual traditions and how their services go. Yeah, and because you have you know you know something about how it runs. You're going to be less likely to be nervous or scared. Um, and it's just really, really helpful. Now, most Christian denominations, they're going to be, you know, about the same thing. If it's a high church, like an Anglican or Anglo-Catholic or something, mm-hmm. they're a little bit different looking and they smell different because they use incense and stuff like that. But but if you, you know, if you're going to a, like a Muslim uh, uh, going to a mosque or a Muslim ceremony, mm-hmm. holy day, whatever, then it, it's good to kind of know so you don't step wrong and do the wrong right, thing. Right, right, right. So we were, when we were talking about tolerance, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to talk about in Robbinsville the tolerance, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that's kind of I think that's an important thing to discuss is the fact that everybody assumes that in Appalachia. That we're all these, you know, very intolerant people, you know, with the shotgun on every, uh, in right. every corner in the house, and we yeah. don't, we don't tolerate. There's no. that word again. No, we don't tolerate anything. It, it could not be less true yeah. of the the Appalachian region that I know of, even the poor Appalachian region that I know of. Yeah. You know, is that if you make it and you can make it through life. We all just leave each other alone. We do. And that really is the key to all of it, is leaving each other alone. And that's the old way, too. Yeah, it is. It is. And you help your neighbor when you can help them and when they ask for it. Right. But, um, yeah, that is a really good point. We do tend to leave people alone when we can, but... You know, some people just love to get in your face and explain to you how what you're doing is wrong, oh, I know. I know. and how bad you are, and if only, and how benighted you are, and if only you could do this the way we do it somewhere else, and that will not win you any friends in Appalachia. It won't. And you know, I don't know how proper it is to tell a story like this because I don't have a clue as to what is socially acceptable. But <laughs> but let me just say. In Robbinsville, growing up in Robbinsville around my grandparents, I would go there and spend quite a bit of the school, of the year there as much as I could. And Robbinsville was a tiny little town, and this would have been in the late 60s and the 70s, and uh, I was just a kid. And mm-hmm. Caddy Corner to our house, because my grandparents lived in town, and Caddy Corner to them, and just down the road a little bit, were a couple of fellas. And they lived there together, and I guess they always had. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember asking my grandma and about about them and wanting to know where their wives were. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I distinctly remember my grandma saying, "Well, I believe they're married to each other." And oh, she well, said, how "Sweet." And I and I said, 
oh, can people do that? And she said, I distinctly remember her telling me that they were good neighbors. Yeah. And that she didn't rightly care about what they did in the privacy of their own home Mm -hmm. or the way that they lived their lives because they were good neighbors. And she taught me, you know, she had a little lesson in there about tolerance. Yeah. Let people do their thing if they're not hurting you. Let them be weird. Yeah. You know, let them do, you, you can have, 10,000 jars and 180,000 books in your house, Byron. (laughs) As I do. And a deck of root cards whenever I really need them. Thank you for that, by the way. And, uh, you know, people can have their Star Trek collections. People can collect their guitars and people can just be weird. Yeah. And it's all right. It doesn't hurt anybody. And and they're probably going to call you a weirdo. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, she's a little bit weird or he's, they're funny or whatever. That just means more interesting, doesn't yes, it? Yes, <laughs> it does. Well, and I've got a similar story with my grandmother. She used to take this woman who was a well-known photographer and went to her church. And sometimes my grandmother, when I was there on the weekends, I would go to church with her. And she would take this woman home and drop her off at her apartment. And I remember asking her one time, well, well where's her husband? And my grandmother said, well, she doesn't like boys. And my response was, well, who does? <laughs> but I assumed you had to have one sooner or later. You right, because that's that cultural. That's just what yeah, that was. That's that cultural expectation yeah, thing, just like you're supposed to be Christian. Yep, Christian. Yeah. Married. Get, get you a boyfriend, married. Yeah. All that stuff. So anyway, as you can tell, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't raised in a typical home, but on the other hand, yes, I was too, because that seemed to be the prevailing attitude. Yeah. Well, the whole idea of just mind your own business. Mind your business and let people live their lives. And and that is good, but sometimes, and it's not just here that this is true, if you are minding your own business and leaving your neighbors alone and you ignore warning signs, well, yeah, then that's not good. Well, then so, we get into the word responsibility yes, at that point. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and when are you, and I'll just quote the Bible again, when are you responsible for your neighbor? And when do you, when do you become your brother's keeper? And you look at what they're doing, I mean, beating people up or, you know, whatever the thing is that is not safe. Right. Or not healthy. What? Where do you draw that line? And everybody has to do that for themselves. Right. They have to figure out what the thing is that that they will or will not tolerate. There we go. I'll use that word again. And what they are responsible for. Yeah. I tell people at times that if I saw someone across the street, I'd never met them, and they put a cigarette in their mouth and lit it. I doubt I would say anything. No, me either. Okay. But if I see my little nephew across the street and he's lighting up a cigarette, I'm going to walk across the street and talk to him and just see what's up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of responsibility. Mm -hmm. I can't be responsible for everyone. But the people that I love who are important to me, mm-hmm. I feel a sense of let me help them if I can. Well, let me pose this. What if that person across the street wasn't related to you but was a nine-year-old 
who put a cigarette in their mouth and was about to light it up, what would you do then? I would go across the street and, and talk to them and say hello and ask them, you know, try to find out why they didn't have a grown-up around them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think, you know, it would depend on how how good a neighbor you were. Did you know those people? Yeah. Had you lived there a long time or had they? Or if you just knew them, had you been a friendly neighbor and you could just go and, yeah. as they used to say, peck on the door? And I can just hear a screen door opening and, and you saying to your neighbor, uh, can I talk to you for just a minute? And then looking at the little boy and giving him the, you know, like your fingers towards your eyes. Yeah. And you pointed him like, I saw what you were doing and I'm getting ready to rat you out to your mother. So I hope you're happy. We're back to responsibility. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this is purely a, a witch thing, an Appalachian thing or what. I just know that in, in my group and around my people, I do feel like sometimes I am the person that can help them with certain situations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Saying that, I'm not asking for any extra work. No, thank you, me either. Appreciate yeah. it, though. Appreciate yeah. you thinking of me. <laughs> but uh, that's part of self-reliance. Mm -hmm. That's part of growing up in Appalachia. Well, it's part of what, when we talk about Appalachian folk magic and healing, there are people who have skills in particular areas, and most people in the community are going to know that. So if you've got the toothache, as we used to call it, then there's going to be somebody who's going to be able to tell you what that is. And and you and I both function that way mm -hmm. as those little cove doctor sort of folks. True enough. I'll tell you the story of Dr. Nettie, oh. the two female doctors in Robinsville. I'm not going to tell you that story right now because I want to do some research and get my facts straight before uh -huh. I do. But it's very interesting. Robinsville, small as it was, had two doctors. They had Thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.